everybody, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Brian, and with me is Steve. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's hot as hell. And also with us is Slash. It is also hot. I don't like it. It's October. Yeah, no, it's October 1st as we're recording, and everything is hot as fuck. I'm changing my recording setup. I'm in a closet now, and it's literally... 10 to 15 degrees hotter than if I open the door and step out into the room that's attached. I'm fucking dying. Damn, that sucks. You brought this upon yourself. You know who else is dying? Literally everyone talking right now. That is true. Very true. Tell me who's dying. All of these pirates in the show. God damn it, you're right. Rip. They are all dying. Yeah, sucks to be them. With that very ham-fisted transition, why'd you take it away, Steve? I sure as hell will. Here we are. Episode 28. Title, I Won't Die. Fierce Battle. Luffy versus Krieg. So, where we last left off, which, by the way, I was also the one that told this uh, last episode, I believe. Was it? Yeah, I think it was me. So, I told episode 27, which I don't remember what the hell the title was. But yeah, we're now on episode 28. And Krieg has just fired the MH5. And Luffy's finding masks for Gin and Sanji. And he managed to pull them off some uh, goons. Krieg goons, to be specific. So, right now, Luffy's looking for his own mask and he can't find one. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I don't know what the fuck to do. Uh, and he literally starts screaming, don't die, don't die, don't die. As this poison hits, the MH5, a mask is dropped suddenly in front of him. Poof. There's a mask. And next thing you see, poof, huge explosion of the MH5. It's quite, uh, quite a sight. Looks like the atom bomb in some cases, but it's pretty powerful. So here they all are. They're waiting for the gas to clear. And Luffy's like, who gave me that mask? I'd like to know who gave me that mask. And there you see Gin keeping a mask on Sanji. Yet he himself does not have a mask. It was Gin that threw his mask to Luffy. His skin's all gray. He's bleeding. Not looking good for uh, the man Gin. Pretty gnarly looking. Krieg's like, ah, 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 ah. That's what you get for giving your life up because someone gave you a meal. And the Krieg pirates are like, man, you're just like a dick. Like, you're so callous. Why? This man helped the, what's Gin's title again? It's like their vice captain or something like that. He's basically like second in yeah. command-ish. Except for the weird guy with the pearl on his chest. They're like, how could you do this to our vice captain, Gin? Gin's done so much for you, Krieg. How could you? He even acted like a decoy to lure the, the sea cops, a.k.a. the Navy, while you escaped to the Grand Line after you got your ass beat by Mihawk and his one sword. You coward. Sanji's like, how do I save him? We need to save him right now. Save him. 
they put a mask on again, trying to get him to breathe in and breathe out and trying to get him to get rid of all the toxins that is in, within him. Luffy is like pretty pissed at Krieg. He's like, how could you do this? You killed one of your own men. And you're going to laugh in his face. Luffy rushes over. Everybody's like, no, Luffy, don't do it. You're going to die from his Gatling shield. It's awful. You're going to die. We see Luffy take a couple of hits. He say with a few of the projectiles. Yeah, but you know what? He keeps going. He's getting closer and closer to Krieg. And he's like almost right there. Krieg pulls out his cape full of spikes. Luffy winds up a punch. He's about to just slam the, sh- the crap out of Krieg. He punches right through, injuring himself, obviously, and lands a full-blown hit right on Krieg's face. Smash! Krieg kind of just goes down in dazement like, Ah, oh, how could you have hit me? Then pan back over to Sanji and Zeph as they're kind of taking care of Gin. They're like, Sanji's kind of just trying to get his footing after he was saved by Gin. And he's talking to Zeph. And uh, talking about Luffy, they're like, oh, man, this guy's a character. Gotta admit, he's real tough. I don't know why he's going after Krieg, though. He's kind of dumb for that. And they're like, well, he's got his own purpose. You know what? That's to really be tough and be strong and, and all that. And in the background, you see Patty and Carne are, are kind of tending to Gin, who's just barely clinging on to life. This man is literally almost dead. It's kind of sad. We also pan back to Krieg and Luffy. Krieg gets up, and he's looking at Luffy, and he's like, How dare you do that to me? And he starts firing again at Luffy. And it's crazy, man. But you know what? Our man with the devil fruit powers is dodging and kicking him and 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 going at it against Krieg. This is kind of where you start to see that Krieg's men are like, man, this guy's a phony. He can't do shit. Krieg is a nobody. Krieg pulls out his mighty battle spear, which causes explosions upon impact, just for you guys to know. He kind of dodges a few hits and stuff like that. He's trying to stay as far away as he can from Krieg. He's kind of egging him on, but he's just like, Trying not to get hit by this exploding spear. Luffy, from all his uh, hits from the little Gatling shield and the cloak full of spikes, he's kind of losing some strength. He's just because he's losing so much blood. And it's like, oh man, this guy's getting a doctor. He's not doing too well. But Krieg's physical strength is uh, basically what lets him use his spear to his full capacity. Let's put it this way. As I was thinking about it in a physics way, I was like, as this man Krieg starts swinging it harder and harder and harder, the explosions get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's truly a sight to see. Definitely. Here we are. Krieg finally lands a hit on Luffy. Then another, and another, and another, another. Not really, but I just like saying that. But you know what? Luffy is just determined to keep fighting. Because he has a saying that when I'm fighting, I'm not afraid of anything, even death. That's a hell of a quote. That was Zeph about Luffy. 
well, it sounds cooler in Luffy's voice. Detroit. You're not wrong. Because that sounds like something Luffy would say. So from our perspective, I heard Luffy say it. I'm going to say Luffy said it. So if you don't like it, you can fight me. You can't rewrite history, Steve. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah, I have the high ground. Boom. But anyways, Krieg strikes again, but Luffy just kind of senses it and he parries it a little bit. And he manages to break the spear, which happened to be his plan all along because Luffy's pretty smart like that. Here we are. It's mano y mano. They're facing off. What's going to happen? Is Krieg going to pull out another weapon? Are they going to fight hand to hand? Who's going to win? Is it going to be Krieg? Or is it going to be our man, Monkey D. Luffy? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. You're damn right. Except that's also where the episode ends. So, unfortunately, we get to be continued. And is this the episode where it changes ending songs? No, I think that's I think it does. the next one. No, it's episode 30? No, not 30. 31. Well, spoiler. Uh, sorry. But you know what? That is where the episode ends, and it's a pretty lit episode. So, yeah. What do you guys think about episode 28? Don Krieg is a poser. Wearing big armor is big dumb. I also think it's cool how Luffy just goes straight for punching through the spikes. It's kind of one of those things where I think what skirts the line between good battles for a lot of people is is the character willing to like get themselves hurt a bit along the way. And that's usually pretty intense and interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think this episode is another good example of how tenacious Luffy is. He keeps fighting throughout everything, even at the cost of his own body to fulfill his goal, fighting through all of Krieg's advantages. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That pretty much wraps up episode 28. And now we go to the man, the myth, might actually be a legend, Tubacabra. It's the legend of Sleepy Cabra. <laughs> so we are on episode 29 now. The conclusion of the deadly battle, a spear of blind determination. Everyone is shocked to see that Luffy has destroyed Don Krieg's spear. Krieg thinks that Luffy's determination to fight and fight and fight and fight is a bluff. Just to, I guess, try to get Krieg to back off. Luffy just says no. I am here to kick your ass. So to that point, Luffy decides that he's going to start hitting Krieg with his gum gum gatling. Just keeps punching and punching and punching. All these punches are bouncing off of Krieg's armor before he comes in with a gum gum pistol. And while all this is happening, Krieg is kind of speaking about his philosophy. Weapons are power and only the powerful survive, which is why he's been going around conquering everything. So Luffy hits Krieg with a gum gum bazooka, which finally puts a crack in Krieg's invincible armor. Krieg, at that point, lets off an explosive trap that Luffy gets caught in. But Luffy comes swinging with another bazooka, and he just shatters Krieg's armor. And you see this look of shock on Krieg's face, not to mention everyone else, because they never imagined that their strong, indefeatable captain. Indefeatable is that a word? 
I think it is. I'm going to use it anyways. Invincible. That is a completely different word, meaning the same thing. But yeah, no one expected Krieg to lose his main line of defense. So Luffy, seeing this, starts to celebrate. And um, the party ends pretty quickly because that's when Krieg catches Luffy in a steel net. And he tries to drag him down the ocean because Krieg realizes, dev for user, he can't swim. So maybe he's going to beat me. Maybe I'm just going to drown him. So Luffy manages to flip that situation because Krieg's holding onto that with some sort of cable or something. And he uses the gum gum giant hammer. So it's just a bigger version of the technique that he used on Lionel Richie, Moji's lion. He slams Krieg the strongest pirate in the East Blue, into the wreckage of the ships. At this point, all the cooks are cheering and cheering. Luffy's slowly sinking into the depths of the ocean, because, apparently, no one here knows about the whole no-swimming thing besides Zeph. He tells Sanja, hey, you know he's going to drown, right? Sanja's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why... Why would you just keep that information to yourself? Why wouldn't you say it as soon as he hit the water? So Sanji dives into the water after Luffy to rescue him. And he's struggling. And he, while he's struggling, he, Sanji, thinks about the Straw Hat Pirates and how they all have enormous strength of will. So naturally, cut away from that and just leave it on the presumed idea that Luffy is going to die. Because we go back to Gein, who is having an existential crisis because he realizes that, oh, Don Krieg has truly been defeated. This person that I've looked up to for a very long time now is completely full of shit. We cut back to Sanji and Luffy, and we see Sanji begging Luffy to keep living and fighting for his dream. And that's when Sanji realizes that Luffy didn't drown. He's just sleeping. The Shrahats are just like that, I guess. Everyone just everyone just thinks that they're dead, but no, hey, they're just catching a few Zs. And then Don Krieg rises like a fucking vampire or a villain from the Scream franchise, just yelling about being the greatest, and everyone, you know, thought he was dead. He's going around rampaging because he just has that stronger will, because he's unconscious. He's fighting against reality in that moment. Krieg's rampage is finally ended because Gein comes over and punches him in the stomach and the Krieg pirates are like, oh my god, vice captain or whatever his title is. Gein, who before is talking about how terrifying the Grand Line is and trying to warn Luffy and Sanji to stay away, now he is determined to make it to the Grand Line on his own. Luffy beating the shit out of Krieg has finally broken that sense of loyalty that Gein felt to his captain, and it instilled the virtue of deciding your own fate. For however long he's been a member of the Krieg Pirates, he just followed Krieg's orders without question. Seeing all this collapse upon itself, Gein realizes that, hey, I need to make my own decisions. Seeing all of that and promising that he would take the rest of the Krieg Pirates with him Sanji orders Paddy and Carne to give 
the Bratier's grocery boat to the Creek Pirates, and they sail away with the stipulation that they're never going to come back to the restaurant. Everyone's just like, oh, man, why'd you do that, Sanji? Immediately, you cut to the going merry, and you see Nami. She's talking about how she had all these good times with the Straw Hats, and they're all actually good people, and she wishes that someday they'll let her rejoin. And the episode ends as she is crying about her freedom. And you're left with this sense that, obviously beyond just stealing the boat and running away, she is still hiding something, and it has a stranglehold over her. What do you guys think of episode 29? It's a good episode. Honestly, I love it, because it's just, it sets the stage. Like, it, it kind of ties up some loose ends, but also... Gets you excited about what's going to happen next. I mean, you feel that excitement. You're like, oh, man, Sanji's with him now. It's it's serious now. Well, what's going to happen? How's this going to work out with Luffy and stuff like that? We also get this kind of like this other backstory, like Nami coming around and kind of seeing some more of Nami's backstory, which we'll see definitely more of. But it's definitely, it's definitely time. I'm here for it. I'm here for this episode. It's definitely one of the better transition episodes into different arcs, so. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's like the cap off of their fight, which is pretty cool. A lot of these earlier arcs are kind of shorter, and I think pace pretty well in terms of conveying what they want to with, like, different snippets of info. And this kind of formula would obviously get expanded upon. I mean, even in the next arc, technically, we'll see more of an expansion to how that works as, you know, more characters, more people get involved is, you know, more to tell, obviously. But yeah, I think the pacing on this was too well. It's not just a giveaway where Luffy just goes and smacks the guy. There's a good enough build up to where you know who Don Kree is up to the very point where you, you, like, the crack in the armor is basically just that kind of metaphor. It's like, oh, no, nah, this guy's he just likes wearing armor. He's not that great. So there you go. Yeah, you know, it's a good uh, good way of starting to tie the knot on this segment. Why don't you finish it off with episode 30? Sounds like I must. So episode 30 is entitled, the translation reads, Departure, Sea Chef and Luffy travel together. So things start right off like with Luffy, which is a bit of an explosive noise, but he wakes up because that's where we left him. He was napping and now he's in a bed and first he wakes right up. He's like, wait, where the hell's my hat? But then Sanji comes downstairs to where Luffy's at. He's like, no, it's right here. Calm down. And Luffy, just every worry he has just went away. As if we didn't already know that he cared a lot about his hat. But then Sanji tells Luffy what Gein said before he left with all his, all his crew on their tiny little boat sailing away. And then he checks with Sanji and confirms that, yes, it's because he saved the Barati. They're... Is no longer a need for him to be the chore boy. And I'm sure Zeph doesn't want him breaking all the dishes anyway. But Luffy, determined as he always is, is ready to ask Sanji once again. He has come to you to join my crew. Oh, no. But then Sanji cuts him off. And I think you can kind of tell that there's a bit of a want to go with Luffy at that point in his voice. But he says that he wants Zeph to acknowledge his verse and acknowledge his skill. And Luffy, obviously, doesn't want to give up. But Sanji's still firm in that. And he's kind of like, come on, these jokers don't know how to run a restaurant. So, obviously, he's still kind of a pillar there, and he feels like he has to stay. But he does say that he wants to go to the Grand Line someday, mostly to find his dream, which is the 
all blue, and then he starts to ask Luffy about that. Then he explains to him what uh, what the all blue is. It's just it's a area that's more or less a combination of where all the seas cross in a line, and it's this sort of you know, mythical place where fish and sea life from all over the world come to, and it's pretty much like a gold mine for cooks in terms of anything you could think of is probably there. As Sanji's at least entailing his dream to Luffy, you see him light up in a way that you haven't seen before, but obviously overhearing this conversation is Zeph from above, and he's just also most likely reminiscing on the fact that that's how they kind of bonded at first, regardless of how Zeph treats him or not. So anyway, Luffy and Sanji are both hungry, so they wander back inside, and they go in. There's a banquet going on. I think they're pretty much just celebrating... Oh hey, we you know the Creek Pirates left. We made it through this. Let's you know, eat good and get the restaurant back together. So all the other cooks and everyone are eating. Sanji and Luffy come in. They're like, "Hey, where can we sit?" And they're like, "Oh, there's no chairs. You guys got to sit on the floor." And they're like, "What?" Luffy's definitely notices. Hey, why are these guys acting so weird? But for Sanji, because he's used to kind of being their whipping boy in a sense, he's like, "Ah, whatever. They're just being weird. Let's get some food." And then Patty. Being the uh, very sharp-on-the-nose person he is, gets up after he takes a uh, sip of soup. Uh, he asks around, wait, who the hell made this soup today? And then Sanji's like, oh, yeah, I made it. I was in a good mood, etc." Then Patty's like, man, soup sucks. And he's like, well, what the hell? You need to get better taste, but and they start going out about it. But all the cooks are also kind of start to get in and dog on them. They're kind of ganging up on Sanji. They're pushing it in kind of a weird way. All the while, Luffy is just eating, like, watching the drama unfold. But Zeph, thankfully, comes out at first. At least you think it's thankfully. But he comes out and tells them, Hey, you motherfuckers, don't waste a single drop of soup. You might be hungry someday. Then he throws his plate down after he drains it of soup, or excuse me, his soup bowl. And he's like, still, that soup tasted like garbage. And Sanji's like, what the hell? Why are you all being so stupid? And he's just... He's clearly getting punked, but at the same time, he's not having it. He's just so fed up, despite everything that's just happened. It's like quite the contrast. So he's like, really, are they going back to it this fast? And Zeph kind of gives him a bit of a punch after Sanji tried to wring his neck, which is a big thing, really, because you know, he punches him, he uses his hands, not his feet. So it's like, oh, shit, he's serious. Sanji's just like, what the fuck? And he just runs out, and he just he's not in a good mood. When he's outside, he's just frustrated, and he just expresses, he's like, I'm tired of Zeph treating me like a kid. Because, you know, despite the fact that Zeph has been kind of a father figure to him, he he does kind of, like, I don't want to say bully him, but, like, in that kind of way where it's like, ah, oh, you're just a kid, kind of a kind of a treatment. And that doesn't always feel good. But then Luffy is like, hey, what the hell? Like, this soup's really good. Are you guys actually, like, dumb? And they're like, no, you idiot. Sanji's, like, the best cook here. Like, this soup is probably the best stuff we've had all day. And they pull the wool back from over their eyes really fast, and they're like, no, yeah, Luffy, of course. Like, we all know that Sanji's a good cook, and we mess with him, but, like, we know he's dedicated. Zeph basically just kind of explains to him, he's like, yeah, Sanji's great, but he needs to see more of the world, and, you know, his skills are only going to go so far here, and, like, he's clearly very skilled, so that's why we, maybe we don't treat him that way, because we don't want it to get to his head. But then Zeph asks Luffy to take Sanji with him. Luffy, in... A stark contrast to earlier, he's like, eh, I don't really think I want to right now. Zeph's like, wait, what the fuck? Don't you need a cook? And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to take him just because you're telling me to. Like, he needs to come of his own volition. Zeph's like, hmm, okay. But as this is all going on, 
Sanji's kind of just had his back crouched against the doors where he left earlier because at first he was sitting there, but he definitely overheard the conversation. So he knows that not everyone is uh, actually you know, against him. He knows they're just kind of punking him for the sake of, you know, I don't know, tough times breed good results, something like that. Bad analogy. But anyway, Luffy says at the moment he doesn't want Sanji to come because he would rather have him come if it's his will to go. All of a sudden, while this is all being sorted out, a weird-ass shark fish comes out of nowhere, and Yosaku gets spit back out of the ocean and crashes onto Sanji and crashes to the door. Luffy's like, oh, hey, welcome back. And he's like, well, first of all, we didn't catch up to Nami, but we're pretty sure we knew where she was going, and that's not a good thing if she's going where we think she's going. But as they're running out, Luffy, you know, starts to thank Zeph, etc. And as they're leaving, Sanji's like, you know what? I want to go with you guys. And so he does it of his own volition, and we get a new party member, and that's Sanji. Hooray. And on the little boat that they're taking out, they bring some food, which, you know, Zeph gives them means to go down to the kitchen and take some food with them for their journey. And while food is being gathered, he also takes Luffy to his quarters and offers him the logbook of his travels in the Grand Line. Luffy being Luffy and enjoying the adventure in itself, he, uh, for at least the first time, because he will do this at a few points in the future when he meets other more older pirates, he takes the logbook and just turns it down. He says, no, thank you. I don't need it. Like I'll figure it out on my own. And Seth like, I knew you'd say that, but he had to offer it anyway. And as that's happening, Sanji's also packing his stuff, and just you get, a, you get some final flashback bits of everything that happened with Zeph. Sanji gets his belongings, everything from his room, and he starts to pack, and he starts to head out. But as he comes out, uh, Patty and I think Carne attack him one last time, or attempt to, but he's like, nah, I got you guys. It's like one last, I guess, joke back and forth between them. And all the cooks kind of clear a path as Sanji is walking away from the Barati towards the boat with uh, Yasaku and Luffy in it. Sanji's just got his back turned. He's walking away. At first, he doesn't want to say goodbye. It's like he's just trying to be hard about it. But as Zeph is up on his little balcony and he's watching him go away, he just he tells them, hey, take care of yourself and don't catch a cold, you know? And it's kind of a rough statement, but for him, you can tell that's a very, very caring motion. And uh, Sanji actually starts crying, and then he turns around, gets on the floor, and, you know, gives a hands and knees, like, bowed head stance. And actually comes from, like, real and says that, you know, he, thank you to Zeph for everything. And then he'll never forget the kindness and then he owes his life to him. And then everyone else also joins in and, you know, kind of breaks the kayfabe for a second and really just gets in and say they're all Miss Sanji. And then, you know, they all respect him as a cook. And then, you know, everything's, everything's actually better than maybe everyone would believe, would have believed it to be on the outside. So... That's how that's supposed to go. And then, you know, even though things are happening, even Zeph starts to shed some tears. And he's like, we're supposed to part without words, not a river of tears. But that's how it be. And that ends Tale of the Barati as Sanji gets on Luffy's little boat he has with Yosaku. And off they go. And once again, we are greeted with a final pan flash tsunami in which finally over the horizon... You can see what looks like a giant uh, old school, it's a Japanese castle pagoda type building. And on the front is a logo that just reads Arlong Park. 
And Nami is basically just like, I'm back. And boom, there we go with a cut. That is the end of episode 30. So what did y'all think? It's getting real exciting now. I can't really can't really wait for it, honestly. Like um I've already know what happens. But just this is probably one of the best, in my opinion, beginner arcs before we get in any like major arcs in the grand line and stuff like that. This next arc that we're gonna go through is probably one of my favorites. Just beforehand, but it's really cool because it's like it's a nice going out like it's like okay here we talked about sanji and we gained a new character and went through a little bit of a backstory and whatnot and we're gonna send you out on a different sidetrack kind of quest to go get your boat back basically and so i think that's pretty dope um definitely super energetic i feel like how about you cabra sanji's best boy i believe i said something quite in that the last episode I really liked the, I know all the cool stuff happened in the last two episodes, but I think out of these three, I liked this episode the most. Just going to the character beats and backstory of Sanji and Zeph a little bit. When Sanji started crying, I definitely teared up a little bit, which I started watching these on my work break at lunch. Let me flip those words around. I started watching these on my lunch break at work. So luckily I didn't like actually cry. Otherwise I would have gone back into work with like puffy eyes and shit. So that's good. (laughs) But it definitely is tugging at the heartstrings. It does that. Uh, It does that in in one piece. Not going to lie. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, good final cap off of our introduction to Sanji. And it's, it's another, I think solid intro to a key party member as we, continue to travel but we have what is yeah a slightly more in-depth backstory for a character we start to get context for everyone as we go through and obviously now it's building up to what's going to happen with nami next i don't know this is uh not to spoil it too much but nami and her backstory are kind of more of the i would say like apex of like major smaller arcs that happen on in east blue so once we pass that then we'll start to make moves to go to the grand line but Everything that happens to Nami is pretty wild, so become excited. Okay, that's going to be it for this episode. And Steve, what do you have to plug? So we got Twitter is at Steve Horniak. Horniak is H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. Also wanted to say that today is my grandmother's 84th birthday. Today. Has your grandmother read One Piece? No, she hasn't. Never too late to start. There's never too late to start. Does your grandma listen to this podcast? Uh, my grandma doesn't even know what a podcast is, so probably not. What a good way to introduce her then, right? Uh, exactly. Definitely introduce her to this podcast as well. But you know what you, our listeners, should do is also introduce your grandmothers to this podcast. Because it's a great podcast. I'm sure your grandmothers really love it. You tell a grandma, and then they tell a grandma, and those other people tell more grandmas. We have the world's oldest podcast audience. Yeah. If grandmas can get on YouTube and talk about Rune Factory, we can do anything. Any plugs, Slash? I'd like to plug an AC unit into my wall, but if you would like to <laughs> find me on Twitter, in which sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's not, it's all good. 
that is at Roblink, R-A-W-B-L-I-N-K. And then uh, should you be into the Twitch streams and the video games, uh, I do that there usually once or twice a week at twitch.tv slash Roblink as well. No spaces, no nothing else, all lowercase. That's just about it for now. Okay, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, with the handle at El Tubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find us on Instagram at Reluctant Cruise Podcast. You can send emails to reluctantcruise at gmail.com. Our music is by Zach Gaston, who you can find on most places with the handle at all base all day. And the art is by Kagura underscore Oni on Twitter. That's everything. Have fun on that cruise. No, you. picking me up. Looks like it. That's louder. Okay. We're picking you up, Slash. No, get away. Don't come near my house. Unless you have also <laughs> tested negative for COVID within the last two weeks. Oh, I haven't left the house in the last two weeks. Is that all right? Maybe. Has left the house? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yes, it do be like that.